Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am the genetic jackhammer, Jackman Oaks. And I am certified Brian Hines. We will be covering in this episode all of the action emanating from historic Davis Arena and Ohio Valley Television, Ohio Valley Wrestling Television, sorry, episode 1258, originally airing on September 16th, 2023, or uh, September 21st, 2023, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong notes here. Brian, though, but before we hop into all the action from this past week's episode of OVW, you uh, had quite the weekend. I I did. I had a fun night out in Williamsburg on Saturday. I caught the uh, Battle in the Berg brought to you by Spot Monkey Promotions. It is always a great show. Um, I've been going to see uh, Tim Taylor's shows for uh, three or four years now, and uh, it's it's always a good time, and I've been there enough to where I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the people that are on the card, so... I, I got to see a lot of my friends like Party Mike Howard, uh, the exception Dalton McKenzie, uh, Justin Xavier, uh, Carson Drake, Lord Crew, um, Ron Mathis, Bruce Gray, uh, just a ton of great wrestling for a, a really, really good uh, family night out and uh, relatively easy on the old pocketbook too great night to uh, get out and uh, see some friends and uh, some great matches yeah we've mentioned a couple of times you'd go into spot monkey shows up kind of more near where you're central uh, you don't live here in central Kentucky like the other uh, the rest of us do you're more out of southern Ohio you always have great things to say about the spot monkey shows oh yeah they're they're a blast I uh, I've been going for three or four years I sponsored for a while when I uh, was uh, doing Ohio things before I uh, started spending more time down here, and uh, I can't I can't say enough. It's always entertaining. I always have a great time. At the Spot Monkey Show, you were able to catch up with one certified gentleman. I sure did. He was uh, completely unannounced, and I was kind of surprised. I was hanging out and talking to a, a friend of mine, and I, I heard the announcer say, uh, uh, certified Luke Curtis, and I looked over, and there he was. And you know, what do my wondering eyes should appear but uh, certified Luke Curtis in his shiny ring gear? One half of the OVW Southern Tag Team Champions right now, right? Certified Luke Curtis. Yes, along with uh, Joe Mack, Skinny Joe Slack. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, what did we will be having some things coming to our social media over the next couple of days? If I've been led believe correctly you want to give somebody a uh, our dear listeners a rundown of what you had uh maybe had the conversation with luke curtis about well you know it's busy and you know it's hard to talk to somebody when they're working but uh, he did make time to uh talk to us for a couple minutes we got to talk about uh, uh wrestlers on netflix and uh the impact of the show and his major part uh, when he uh, proposed to Layla Gray in the ring in Nashville, and uh, I got to talk to him about that, and we'll post that on social media uh, probably tomorrow morning. And we're on all the social medias. Whatever social media you use, uh, we appreciate you following us on there, connecting with us on there. Um, that's I don't know. There's so many social media, X, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. We're on all of them. Find us on all of them at OVW Podcast so that you can see the work that Mr. Hines put into the field over the weekend. Uh, it's not really work if you're doing what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. Up next, we will get into all of the action from this week's episode of OVW.
started off at the top of the first hour of Ohio Valley Television, uh, number 1258, with the a, another installment of the ongoing feud between members of the Rush Division in the future Will Austin and the 80s baby TW3. I, uh, it was a good match. Um, <laughs> true to form, um, Will Austin was handing out uh, the old that's my purse, I don't know you, to anybody who got within five feet of him. Everybody got in on that action. Uh, TW3, mm-hmm. uh, even though TW3 ended up winning the match, and then Star Rider and Manny Domingo came out, and uh, they got a, a taste of the old that's my purse, I don't know you, and uh, uh, Will did as well. Will Austin got what he finally got a little come up finally i was uh, i was glad to see it i was not upset in the least to see that a couple of things i noticed from this match um the the connection that tw3 has with uh to i'll borrow from jim ross here i can't tell if it's kids that love him or if it's young ladies that love him but there's a certain high-pitched reaction that he gets every single time that he comes uh through the curtain um, I've noticed that it gets a little higher whenever he takes his shirt off, so I think he might have a certain contingent of the, uh, uh, the, the lady population in the Davis Arena that is a big fan of his. Um, I've noticed that he has, over the last couple of weeks, been a lot more slow and deliberate. Um, he's usually kind of a fast-paced guy. He's kind of slowing down a little bit, making his moves mean a lot more. Came out with the win over Will Austin this week, but unfortunately, as you said, post-match, uh, got a uh, hit in bits for his troubles. Um, and then we see kind of the uh, next installment of what's happening between Star Rider, Manny Domingo, and Will Austin. It wasn't that long ago that they were the best of friends, and now it seems like they are not on the same page, to say the least. No, it seems as though uh, currently they are mortal enemies and will continue to uh, giving each other cheap shots below the belt for the foreseeable future. I could, I will say, one of the things that I, I uh, thought about kind of strangely enough was at the end of this match, Manny Domingo kind of post-match hits like a big like 450 flying headbutt. Like, yeah, he did. I like, saw that. Really incredible. Um, right to the crotch, too. But for some reason, the, I, the only thing I could think of is I really hope he got to go see his kid play baseball recently. <laughs> like Just a layover from the wrestler's documentary that you could catch all of our uh, recaps of on, our, on this very podcast feed. Uh, but that, for some reason, that's like maybe something moving forward watching OVW week to week. I'm going to kind of have to readjust to thinking of these guys not as the people I saw them in that documentary as. Yeah, I, I thought about that, too. I've uh, I've seen him uh, post things on social media and interacted with him a little bit, and uh, that's crawling around in the back of my head. I wonder if he got to, to see his son play baseball, and I wonder if he got to hang out with uh, his little girl. Yeah. I hope so. I do, too. I do, too. And, I mean, if you can hit a 450 splash like that, you'd... You deserve a week off. Go back home, man. Go back home. Go Amen to that. Uh, we joined the Bad Girls Club. They've been kind of floating around names. We've come up with a diff- couple of different names for them over the course of our covering them. Seems as if we finally arrived on covering, uh, calling them the Bad Girls Club. That's the nomenclature that they prefer. Uh, they are backstage doctoring up uh, Socks of Rocks. Yes, the uh, the nefarious sock of rocks that uh, Hollywood Haley J has uh, readily employed several times over the years, but uh, they decided that uh, it needed to smell better, 
which I can agree it probably does, and uh, it needed to look better, too. They didn't go full-on bedazzle with it, but uh, they did spruce it up a little bit, so now it's uh, pretty and deadly. I kind of I enjoyed the um, the perfume. Like I'm I'm a really big Gorgeous George guy, and that's like old school Gorgeous George is getting yeah. his valet to put perfume down the uh, the ring before he walks in. So I thought that was like kind of a nice throwback to like heat in the history of wrestling. Um, and then it kind of just it does seem that they've uh, they've co opted Haley's soccer rocks. We haven't seen her with it. Uh, as much recently, but they've definitely kind of co-opted and are reminding Haley of her wicked ways every time they use it. That's true. And uh, in the uh, gorgeous George uh, realm, it uh, it made me think a little bit for farther back, but not quite as far as gorgeous George. It made me think of the model Rick Martel. Yeah. Where he had the, uh, had the perfume giant <laughs> perfume bottle. Yeah where you're just kind of like pumping that all the way through the crowd like you're trying to kill termites or something. Yeah, that was, I love, love Rick Martell. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, Tiny Brian? Hey, hey. there you are. Uh, yeah, don't mean, don't want to interrupt, at least, well, I guess I do. I did put up a microphone so I could do it. Ha ha, too late. Yeah, I know. So, uh, <laughs> listen, the Bad Girls Club, I got a question. Mm-hmm. Is that a faction? Like, uh, not the faction, obviously. They're over men now, but is this a faction? I would- and, Say by all uh, definitions that I know, it would be a faction, right, Brian? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, by definition, this is a faction. Yes. Oh, well, I'm still learning, and and I'm loving learning. So, how many wrestling is three the minimum number for a faction? Can you have a one man faction? Uh, you'd have to be a really, really big dude, I think, to be a one man faction. But I suppose it's possible. There was a one man gang. I was going to say you can have a one man gang. Yeah. Um, you can have a one man tag team. Uh. Like, well, we that do- happens well, to not. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can, but I think a faction, I, I think you're right on. I think three is the number for a faction. It's the magic number, they say. Yeah, it is. You're the outsiders until you're the NWA. It's all about that third man. All right, well, I'll let you alone and get you back to the next bout then. After uh, that backstage vignette, there was a match between Big Al, Alice Crowley, and the Island Girl, Nefertiti. And uh, Big Al was at a huge disadvantage because she was completely unfamiliar with Nefertiti being that this was her OVW debut. And uh, it showed. I mean, Big Al struggled the whole entire match. She tried several pin combinations, and uh, Nefertiti was just too slippery for her and uh, ended up getting the best of her. And even... uh, did uh, like rode her like a surfboard and hung ten on her during the match, which yeah. I thought was pretty impressive. Big, big, big debut for in ring debut for Nefertiti here. Um, very, very kind of letting all of the people on her side of the OVW roster know that there's someone new in town to be reckoned with. Um, especially coming up with a big win against Big Al, Alice Crowley. Uh, Alice Crowley's got a great skill set. Really well put together. I really like what she has going on. Just wasn't enough this week to best Nefertiti. Uh, after the match, the Bad Girls Club, as we had mentioned before, Layla Gray, Tiffany Nieves, and uh, the Spark, Jada Stone, surround Nefertiti until Freya the Slayer arrives and... Uh, puts them all on notice hey now i've got family now i've got friends it's not just me versus you guys anymore it's me and my cousin nefertiti versus you guys 
yeah, kind of evening the odds a little bit. It's still three on two, but uh, uh, Freya and Nefertiti, I think, could uh, handle it. I and think I, they could take care of their own. I think it's also worth mentioning that they're not the only women uh, currently that have a problem with the Bad Girls Club and their goings-ons. So right after that, we see uh, Will Austin backstage, who is uh, taking a second to gripe about uh, having to ice his marbles after his match with uh, TW3 earlier, and uh, says that he plans on getting a partner of his own so he can face Manny Domingo and Star Rider next week. Who do you think that would be? I was going to ask you, any guess there? Because I don't know. Uh... Off the top of my head, mm, no, not really. Um, I mean, I'm, they're all generally in the rush division, mm-hmm. so who else is in the rush division off the top of your head? I mean, it's I'm sure it's probably not going to be Cal Hero. I think we're either going to get a big-time debut or a big-time return next week. Either way, we're, we should. it's something we should be looking forward to here. Eyes will be peeled. And something we will be covering on next week's edition of this show whenever it finds itself in your podcast feed. You betcha by golly. Uh, after, after that kind of backstage segment, uh, Adam Revolver and Shannon the Dude, these two guys go everywhere together. You never see them separated. They're always uh, one, you know, one in the same side by side. Joined at the hip almost. Joined at the hip almost. Uh, Adam Revolver comes out and either physically or emotionally or verbally abuses a majority of the ringside crew. Uh, for Ohio Valley Wrestling. Yeah, he just went off. I mean, it was like watching that scene in Rain Man where he's at the airport and he just loses his shit because he's going to get on a flight that's not Qantas for crying out loud. Yeah, it was really, really, really... uh, It was a great segment. I really liked the camera work here, them kind of following him uh, around the ringside area as he's grabbing Kennison by the tie and dragging him around and hurling insults about people's intelligence or their... Uh, level of attractiveness, not only to, as I said, OVW employees, but of course, like any good heel does, to all of the fans in the Davis Arena. Well, yeah, because that's just what you do if that's your thing. Of course, if you've got a heel uh, causing causing a, a ruckus around the ringside area, what's got to happen next, Brian? Somebody has to come in and restore order up in this joint, and in this case, it's none other than. Cal Hero. Cal Hero and Adam Revolver have been getting to know each other inside of the ring and outside of the ring very, very well over the past few weeks. Uh, and of course, anytime Adam Revolver is there causing mayhem, Cal Hero, the most just person on the OVW roster, will be there to handle it. And handle it, he did. Unfortunately, though, as we'll find out later in the night, that did not come without consequences for our young hero, Cal Hero. Up next, there is a. Uh, Tony Evans and Jay DeNiro. Jay DeNiro is kind of Tony Evans' insurance policy. There's a match with Tony Evans and Ryan Von Rocket. He's joined by Crystal and Katie. Uh, this is kind of to establish some sort of contendership line inside of the Con- Kentucky Country Boy Heavyweight Championship belt. Is that my understanding? Uh, that's kind of how I took it. Uh, Tony was mad about uh, not having the Kentucky Championship, and uh, he issued an open challenge. Um, and... Uh, I mean, you you lose a belt like that, you're you're going to be upset about it. I mean, I I just wore the belt once and took a picture, and 
I can't get over Changed how life a little bit. it did. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I thought that belt looked really, really good on me. And I know it looks way better than it does on Tony Evans. And, uh, I mean, sorry, Crixus, but I think it looks better on me, even though it does look pretty snappy on you, too. But uh, I like the way it looks on me. Speaking of Crixus, when he's in here on Wednesday afternoon for an interview, I'll let you tell him <laughs> that you deserve to wear the belt, not him. I just want a picture of it, man. That's it. No, no, no. I'm gonna. We're gonna cut exactly what you just said, and we're gonna play it back for him, and then we're gonna go lock the door, and we're gonna see what happens five minutes later. Crixus is gonna stomp a mud hole in me and walk it dry. It's not oh. gonna be pretty. It's no, gonna it's be really not. Bad. The Scottish War Machine versus Behinds the, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Uh, for those of you that didn't catch that, though, be on the lookout this uh, upcoming week on this feed and all of our social media as we will be joined by OVW stars Crixus and Freya DeSlea. That's right. I'm excited to uh, talk to them about the Netflix show and just, you know, get a, a, get a word in with them. Uh, anyway, back to the Tony Evans and Ryan Von Rocket match. Just wanted to let you guys know so that you can mark it on your calendar about our special upcoming guests uh, Jay De Niro gets involved, hits Ryan Von Rocket out, knocks him out. Evans covers one, two, three. That loaded glove of Jay De Niro's has been um, uh, Tony Evans' best friend over the past few weeks. Loaded like a baked potato. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about Beaches and Cream and the Overman? So the next match was Beaches and Cream, which was Luscious Lawrence and Omar Amir versus the Overman. In this case, Joe Mack and certified Luke Curtis, accompanied to the ring by Shannon the Dude. Uh, Lawrence and Amir, of course, two former uh, champions when they were together. They once held those title belts. They seek to reclaim them by any means necessary. The Overman, the new incarnation of what was left of the faction. Uh, Joe Mack and Luke Curtis have been a heck of a tag team, not only when they were inside of the faction and now in this uh, new New group, or I guess um, edited group, I guess. Uh, it's not necessarily a new group. It's just a, they lost a little, they, they cut off a little bit of the the uh, the bush, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, the, the One of the things, too, that we had kind of noticed last week that had laid over into this match this week is that it seems like Lawrence and Amir have been having trouble getting on exactly the same page. Yeah, that makes uh, two weeks in a row where there was a miscue and a misunderstanding and uh, somebody's hit by friendly fire, and they've made up for it the both times that has happened, but it does beg the question, uh, is everything okay? It, it, can, it can start as a simple mistake, but we know that when tensions are high and wins are on the line and championship gold is on the line, that that simple mistake sometimes there's there's no excuse for it and yeah all and the emo- apology in the world isn't gonna emotions run hot mm-hmm. uh so yeah i think that while the overmen of course retained this week the big thing that we will be watching over the uh, weeks and months to come is can omar amir and luscious lawrence kind of uh get back on the same page can they make their relationship harmonious again if they can get on the same page there isn't a stronger tag team in ovw than what luscious lawrence and omar amir could be and a win tonight would have would have been a really big win for them but unfortunately when the bell rang that's not how it cracked out 
the Overmen took home the W. Uh, that brings us, that was the main event of Hour 1. Uh, that brings us to, of course, the top of Hour 2, where we found Layla Gray with the rest of the Bad Girls Club, Jada Stone and Tiffany Nieves, La Princesa, with Freya the Slayer. Yeah, Jada Stone started with a promo about Freya, and before Freya could complete her pin, she was knocked out by the Sock of Rocks, the notorious Sock of Rocks. Yeah, it was a kind of... Um, a back and forth match for a little bit, and then it looked very apparent as if Freya the Slayer was about to win. Jada Stone does what any good friend does, steps in, makes sure that her friend doesn't get her ass absolutely whooped, but that did technically give the victory to Freya the Slayer because of a disqualification. Yes, unfortunately for them, but fortunately for Freya, it sure did. We're uh, left with... Uh, we see TT also run out to the ring just a little, little too late to save her cousin, um, Freya the Slayer. But as we know, that won't be the last we'll see of TT trying to save the day for Freya. Um, up next, behind the scenes vignette with Cash Flow promoting wrestlers when Dysfunction comes out. Uh, Cash just says, I'll go back and talk to Al Snow. I'm going to whoop both your guys' asses tonight. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, that was, a, you know, the match was on later on. We'll get to it here in a minute, but uh, he sure did, and he put his money where his mouth is. Uh, one one of the things that I noticed, there's a couple of them that happened throughout the show tonight. I think that the Adam Revolver promo segment um, is kind of similar. Not only did it advance what was going to happen next week and advance what was going to happen within the show tonight, but... Man, OVW is not letting you forget about wrestlers on Netflix. No, they definitely are not, and I can't say that I blame them. The owner of the company, Matt Jones, is at the top of the show before any of the in-ring action to remind you about wrestlers on Netflix. It's one of the first things. The trailer for wrestlers on Netflix is one of the first things you see after uh, we hit the commentary booth. Adam Revolver brings up uh, very specific plot points from wrestlers on Netflix during his promo segment. Cashflow brings up wrestlers on Netflix yeah. before he whoops Dysfunction's ass. Later in the night, Al Snow thanks people for watching wrestlers on Netflix. This is all, all of that to say, it must be such a huge boon to what OVW has going on to have wrestlers on Netflix. Oh, I would say so. I, I will get into a little bit more of kind of the specifics of that later on in this episode, but there's a reason that they're not letting you forget that this thing exists. And it's probably because it's the best thing that's ever happened to their company, right? And, uh, I mean, as far as being a viewer goes, it's, you know, one of the yeah, best and things. On, on top of that, it's a great show. It is a great show, absolutely. Um, cash Flow beats Dysfunction's ass. We know how that one was going to end. If you're, in the, you're not winning a one-on-one match with Cash Flow, and if there's two people in there, you're, not, you're definitely not winning that either. That math does not work out. Since we're going to go ahead and talk about that, I mean, for my money's worth, this is the best I've seen cash flow. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a hell of a match. I mean, he did a Hurricane Rana, for crying out loud. If you don't know where that is, if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's a a very impressive uh, aerial move, and to see somebody uh, who doesn't normally do a lot of stuff like that pull that off in the middle of the match, uh, I was very impressed, so... Nice job, Cash Flow. He did a hell of a job big, there. Big guy to be moving like that. Yeah, big definitely. Guy to be moving like that. Um, hell, I get winded if I get up out of the chair. We uh, are reminded after Cash Flow's victory that Jack Vaughn overlooked Crixus's claim on the 
OVW Heavyweight Championship last week, and Crixus is not very happy about it. No, he isn't, and of course not. He, why would he be? And it was, it seemed to be intentional. If we go back and look at the uh, dry erase board from the week before, yeah. Uh, yeah, the people who were probably the biggest contenders were at the bottom of the list, and I'm pretty sure that was intentional. Well, one thing I do, I kind of wondered if this was uh, a rare oversight on OVW's part, because usually their their details are so, so fine in the details. Crixus was number one on that list from last week. But when they played it at the beginning mm-hmm. of this week, they kind of cut it so it was kind of out of order. It wasn't the, okay. the whole, you know, minute, minute and a half of Jack Vaughn going down the list and uh, ripping everybody on it as he went. They kind of uh, went back and forth and and uh, presented things a little bit differently th- this week than they were last week. A little more fallout from that list of the top ten contenders uh, for the OVW Heavyweight Championship. Over the past couple of weeks, you've seen different iterations of those top ten get in uh, to matches to kind of even out, kind of so one guy can get an advantage, move up that list a little bit more. We see another edition of... Uh, that dynamic between Cal Hero and Tony Gunn this week. Yes. Um, these two guys have, have wrestled each other a ton. These two guys know each other very, very well. Commentary did an uh, amazing job of making sure that we as the viewer knew that. I know that um, one of kind of the angle that took Cal from kind of up-and-comer to uh, high echelon star in OVW was against Tony Gunn. Um, so these guys, Cal owes Tony a lot, both in the ring and out of the ring for his place in OVW. A lot of respect between these two guys. You could see it at the beginning of the match with a handshake, um, but respect only gets you so far. Neither one of these guys are pulling punches tonight. No, they sure want. It was a, it was a hell of a match. Uh, however, without, uh, because of Cal Hero's Good deed earlier in the night. No good deed goes unpunished. Adam Revolver swipes Cal Hero's knee as he's about to, or swipes Cal Hero's ankle as he's about to hit the fanny pack knee on Tony Gunn. That one second distraction gives Tony Gunn the opening that he needs. Uh, Tony Gunn takes away the W against Cal Hero. That pesky Revolver, he's going to pay. You know he's going to. You know Cal Hero is not going to just take this lying down. I just can't. Cal Heroes beat him in every single imaginable way possible. He beat him with a blindfold on. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, uh, Adam Revolver uh, cheated. Yeah, this guy just doesn't get the uh, this guy doesn't get the picture that Cal Heroes got your number. And I'm sure that's all the more frustrating, and probably drives him to go after Cal Hero even more. It would me. We are kind of rounding out the end of the episode here um, from this week's edition of OVW Television. Um, Jack Vaughn reminds Crixus that he's beneath him. This is setting up our main event for hour two between Crixus and Jack Vaughn. Al Snow comes out, as we had mentioned before, to introduce the main event, thank the crowd. Um, I do think that it's worth noting the past two weeks, the crowd has been absolutely on fire and totally full. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This past week, uh, they were sold out at Davis Arena. And if I had to guess, they're going to be sold out for a while. So 
If you listening at home want to go see OVW live, you're going to have to think ahead, kids. I was kind of thinking is this is obviously a little bit of the Netflix attention kind of flowing in, but I wonder there's a scene that stuck out to me in the Netflix documentary where the the longtime people are talking about um, how what they would do if OVW went away, and then you see behind the scenes of just how close OVW is to not being a functioning organization anymore. And I wonder if people having seen how close things were a year ago or having seen how uh, how dire that situation was, I wonder if there's a little bit of like, we don't need to be taking this thing for granted anymore. Like, let's get out there on a Thursday night. Let's spend our money. Let's take the kids. Let's pack up the car. It's 10 bucks or five bucks ahead. Like, what are we really losing to go support this like kind of local institution of ours? I would certainly hope so for crying out loud. I mean, after the Netflix series came out, uh, I heard that there were people in Louisville that had no idea that OVW was even there. Oh, see, that's insane. Yeah, that's no, that's no bueno. I mean, everybody needs to know about it because this is the the biggest secret in professional wrestling right now. Uh, well, I guess it's the biggest non-secret now that uh, people have watched uh, wrestlers on Netflix all over the world. But yeah, it's just... It's hard to, it can be so easy to take things for granted, especially something like OVW that's been around for 30 years almost. But it, it's, things will go away if you don't support them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, there's only one thing that keeps uh, the world turning around, and unfortunately it's that greenback dollar. Yep, there's um, nothing quite as wonderful as money. But no matter if it's the Netflix documentary or a sense of regret or, or some combination of, of a lot of different factors, it is fantastic to see the OVW arena full and the crowd uh, there for every single hit. Yeah, I was so happy to hear that. I mean, first I was a little disappointed because I wanted to go this Thursday, but it was late and I, it was going to be one of those deals where I was hard pressed to make it on time if I went. But, uh, when I heard that they were sold out, you know, I, I wasn't upset at all. Congratulations. Seriously. It's awesome. It's really, as a fan, it's really fun to see. And, the crowd is so so important to watching live wrestling like on television at least like it's oh yeah as we learned during the pandemic yeah you can have fun i'll have i've had fun at wrestling shows with 15 other people don't get me wrong but there's something about a live crowd reacting to everything that just really is the icing on top and something that ovw television is kind of needed for a little bit i'm glad that they finally have um it's a pretty straightforward fight until of course, because we're only a couple of weeks uh, removed from a pay-per-view, it wasn't. Uh, there's a big old schmoz at the end. Uh, Jack Vaughn eventually beats Crixus, uh, but it's only because of Jay De Niro and his Nintendo Power Glove. Uh, <laughs> he came out and knocked out Crixus uh, at Tony Evans' suggestion, and Vaughn was able to get the win. I wonder if um, he has that glove from when he was growing up because he seems like he's probably roughly my age i wasn't uh lucky enough to have the uh nintendo power glove but uh it looks like jay de niro had it and he stole his you think maybe Uh, he looks like a rough customer yeah i i wouldn't go uh poking the bear on (laughs) he didn't buy he didn't buy he got one for christmas but his parents didn't give it to him um (laughs) that's why he's so angry 
So kind of to wrap up this week's edition of the television show, uh, Vaughn is celebrating, Jesse shows up, red hot, big baby face energy, crowds behind him, uh, jumps Vaughn's bone, starts to beat the total tar out of him. And then, of course, uh, Jesse Goddard's old friends show up and crash his party. You know, it just occurred to me, I think that may be the first time I've ever seen Mr. Pectacular walk to the ring on his own volition. He wasn't on the Segway. That's a really good catch. That's a really good catch. That's something that I did not catch on my first view through here. But no, he's he has uh, changed his ways. He's walking on the same two feet that God gave him the same way that we all are. So I don't know nece- what that necessarily means. But Brian, if you want to ride the scooter, it's there, may, there may be some hope just yet. So should we keep our eyes on Facebook Marketplace? Uh, maybe he'll have his people call our people. I mean, Jesse, if you're out there, I want to ride the scooter. Please, That's all I'm saying. Please let him ride the scooter, dude. Like, Don't let him ride the please, scooter. Please, no, seriously, man. It would. He won't stop talking about it. Okay, that's a good point. He won't stop talking about it. Please let him ride the scooter. So he'll be quiet about the scooter. Hey, guys. Oh. Let's cut to the end of the episode, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> the Overmen come out, uh, beat the snot out of Jesse Goddard's, um, of course, strength in numbers. He uh, tries his best, but when EC3 shows up to the ring with the NWA heavyweight belt, Jesse Goddard's best is not quite enough. No. When EC3 shows up with the belt, you pretty well know what's going to happen. It's not going to be a good night for uh, Mr. Pectacular, unfortunately. One thing I would uh, like to point out is, I guess, he he said that he got the name for the Overmen because he's Overman, which is the most uh, blatant play off of a Jay-Z lyric that I've heard in quite some time. In a wrestling promo, uh, the the classic "I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman" from Jay Z back in the day. Uh, shout out to EC3 for employing a little hip hop on this 50th uh, year anniversary of of hip hop and rap. Hmm, I hadn't thought about that, but that's a good point. Yeah, it's in the uh, "Diamonds from Sierra Leone" remix by Kanye West off of Late Registration. Look it up. Wow. <laughs> it's only. Two super problematic people and EC3, who's, I guess, well, that's fitting. <laughs> um, no, Jay-Z's fine. Jay-Z's fine. Um, one of the things, I guess, we, we've wrapped up the action here. Moving forward, I would really like to see someone in OVW challenge for that national heavyweight belt from the NWA. Anybody in particular? So when, and they've kind of lost this uh, knack recently, but when NWA Power was first coming on, they were doing a really, really, really good job at telling uh, very, like, grounded stories and just, like, one of the guys is a teacher and they have him at his class teaching and they they go and they shoot a vignette where he's taking care of his mother. Um, I think that if they were, if they wanted to get back to that kind of just like easy storytelling, here's the good guy, here's the bad guy, cash flow, especially after what we saw from him in with uh, his family life and his kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love this angle. I love where it's been going. I, I, it would have been, 
maybe just me fantasy booking it. I would have loved to see someone that was more prominent in the wrestlers documentary, maybe take some of that shine and uh, go after that NWA title. Jesse was only in it for like two seconds. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he w- he kind of came off as not, you know, kind of came off as a little uh, stuck up at t- at times, um, in a good way, in a good way. But I really think that if we got back to that kind of like 2019, 2020 era NWA storytelling, I would love to see Cash Flow in EC3. That would be a hell of a match, I'm sure. And uh, anytime you can see Cash Flow get the gold, uh, I'm all about it. But, uh, I mean, for me, in this case, I'm really rooting for uh, Jesse Goddard. I would, it'd be great. I really want to see Jesse get a win over each and every single one of his old friends that uh, used to be called the faction but are now called the Overman. Uh, so back to, I guess, kind of things. If we were uh, just fantasy booking, let's get back to reality. How good does OVW look since the wrestlers documentary has come out this is the first episode since then right well i it's guess the second it's the second but the the last week's episode aired right after mm-hmm. so i i kind of don't count that because a lot of the work that went into bringing us that show happened before wrestlers came out on netflix okay. so i kind of feel like this is the first full episode post the release of wrestlers on netflix and uh it was a hell of an episode i felt like everything was better all the way around i mean i felt like uh, the the matches were better i felt like the interview segments and the vignettes were uh better or funnier or more entertaining or in adam revolver's case Mm -hmm. more unhinged um i mean it I'm never going to complain about the product that is OVW that right. I see every week. But this week uh, seemed like it was just a, on a, a little bit higher level. And uh, that was pretty impressive because, uh, I mean, I feel like they already do such a good job. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like Netflix has really catapulted them and uh, upped their game. The angles and action in OVW have always been pretty consistently good, but I really can't help but feel as if a, a switch has been flipped over these past couple of weeks with just in terms of how good everything looks, how uh, the crowd being good, the angles, like I said, the angles have always been good, but these have been really, really good the past couple of weeks. I just, I, I'm really glad to see OVW kind of running with the opportunity that, they had with so much national exposure via the wrestlers oh yeah they seem to be completely inspired by the uh uh the amount of what's the word i'm looking for um the interest the the Mm -hmm. spark the uh uh the third man the crowd the crowd if uh if you want to put it that way that will wrap us up on this week's edition of the ovw podcast Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in on this week. Join us on all of our social medias like X and TikTok and Facebook, right? Uh, Look out for our interview coming this week with Crixus and Freya the Slayer. Pay attention to all of our social medias so that you can see all of the work that 
Mighty Fine Behinds has been doing out in the field for us on behalf of the OVW podcast. And um, Brian? Uh, before we get off here, I just wanted to say, no matter where you are in the world, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, we uh, realize that we've got people listening in uh, Canada. We've got uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, there were a couple of people in uh, Jamaica, Bosnia, Herzegovina. Um, we... Uh, had quite a few people listen to us in Denmark for crying out loud. Yeah, it's really, I didn't know that we even had access to such measurements. Neither like neither this. did I. And I mean, we're just kind of out here doing our thing as fans. And then you kind of see what kind of feedback you're getting. And um, a, according to what I saw, we were like in the, the top 10 on uh wrestling slash boxing mma podcasts in in denmark so thank you so much let me see whether i can i can do this right i believe in you tack for d to lidu if you are listening in denmark uh that is my poor american attempt to say thank you for listening and if you're not listening in denmark thank you for listening as well something is rotten in the state of denmark but i'll tell you one thing it ain't us baby the OVW podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. Our senior uh, studio engineer and editor is Malachi Woodard. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. And senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars, and give us a review. You can also follow us at OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.